0: Welcome to Love, Money, and the Law, where you'll find conversations about everything relationships, marriage, and divorce. I'm your host, Cindy Hyde, and my goal is to bring you new insights and points of view through legal, psychological, financial, and spiritual perspectives. Be sure to check out lovemoneylaw.com for live seminars, free videos, and products related to many of the topics we'll discuss. I'm glad you're here. Welcome to Love, Money, and the Law. The subject is who gets the pets in a split. I'm Cindy Hyde and my guest today is Shannon Boudreau of Boudreau Hunter & Associates of Family Law Firm in Houston, Texas. Welcome Shannon. Hi, thank you. Thank you for having me. So this is uh, something that maybe a lot of people don't really think about. Not until you're in it. Not until you're in it mm-hmm. is right, whether you're living together or you're married. Correct. So let's talk about your living together and you don't have a cohabitation agreement. You have not chosen the path of going to a family law attorney and sorting out all your issues which okay. would be so valuable. Instead you've decided to live together and just sort of see how it goes. Yeah. Alright, so let's look at a couple of different possibilities. Okay. Um, if you bring the pet to the relationship, chances are you'll be the one to take it with you when it's over or mm-hmm. if it's over, mm-hmm. but what happens if while you're living together you decide to acquire a pet and then later you split? How do you sort that out?
1: Well if they are not married and they're living together and they don't have a cohabitation agreement as to how they're going to divide up their stuff, uh, the person look to the person who actually bought the pet or rescued or, or adopted. What Who spent the money to acquire this animal, um, and if it came out of a joint account, then you need to look at other factors such as who's the primary caregiver of the pet, who's taking the pet to the vet, who's giving them their shots, um, who's taking them on walks—the same kind of factors that you would look at in in a situation where the parties were married. So it's sort of like a best interest test of the pet, right? <laughs> it, it is. It is. Uh, unfortunately, you know, Texas doesn't recognize the best interest of the pet, but. Um, those are the factors that a court could look at to determine who should get the pet in the event of a split.
0: Okay, so what happens if if uh, I say, well, uh, he gave it to me, or she gave it to me, and the dog is mine now? I mean, how do you refute that sort of um, very private conversation? Well, if the dog is a gift,
1: then it would be that person's separate property. Um, even if there was no uh, marriage or, or even a cohabitation agreement,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, if it's just going to come down to he said she said,
0: I guess it's just going to really depend on who the judge thinks is most credible. All right, and there's something else in Texas called conversion, mm-hmm. and we were talking a little earlier about an example. Can you can you share? Yes. A, we in the back situation, uh, like what yes, what happened? We took a case over from another lawyer
1: where our client was moving to a different country. And that country has quarantine laws. And she did not want to quarantine her dog for any extended period of time. Mm -hmm. So she gave the dog to her neighbor. And the dog was, the neighbor was welcome. She was so excited to have the dog. Mm -hmm. Our client ended up not moving after all. So she wanted her dog back. And the neighbor wouldn't get the dog back. She fell in love Uh with it and she wanted to keep the dog. So she didn't Mm -hmm. give the dog back. So the, uh, the other lawyer ended up filing a conversion lawsuit which is basically a civil term for you have my stuff, but I want it back. Mm -hmm. Um, We ultimately ended up dropping the case because she did give the dog away. It wasn't converted. It's not like the neighbor came and took the dog away from her. She had actually given the dog away, so we ended up dropping the case. And a gift
0: is a gift is a gift, right? That's right. right. Okay, so we need to be careful about how things are presented under the circumstances. Alright, so what happens if the couple is married a little different situation so if the couple is married if you had the pet prior
1: to marriage that pet is going to be your separate property mm-hmm. because you had it before you're married and, and anything acquired before marriage is your separate property mm-hmm. if the pet is purchased rescued or adopted during the marriage um, it's it's considered to be community property it is subject to division just like your furniture just like your car mm-hmm. Um, and Texas does not have, we don't have yet, a best interest of the pet test. So the dog could be subject to a just and right division just like all your furniture, all the
0: contents in your house. And it might be, uh, a court might take into consideration some of the things you mentioned earlier about who's taking care of the dog or the cat or whatever the case may be. Um, That's right. Who's taking him to the vet, who's mm-hmm. spending the most time, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. You've done a little bit of homework in other states also other than in Texas. That's right. So talk to me about that a little bit.
1: Hopefully, Texas will follow in the path of some of our, uh, our other states. Alaska was the very first state that implemented a best interest of the pet test and they do take the pet's feelings and the owner's feelings into consideration whenever they're uh, making the award. Um, California, their mayor, I'm sorry, their governor at the end of last year signed uh, some legislation that actually treats animals more like children now. They're still subject to division, but they do have a best interest of the pet test in California. And uh, and in Vermont, there was a case where a couple went all the way up to the Vermont Supreme Court fighting over there. I believe believe it was a German short hair pointer. They spent hundreds of thousands of dollars on their lawyers to take it all the way to the Vermont Supreme Court, but they changed the law. And now in Vermont, pets are treated somewhat like
0: children. So they changed the law after the case was over, or in the middle the, of it? The
1: Supreme Court actually <laughs> changed their the way pets are treated uh, in the case that came down. Oh,
0: as a result, as a, of a, a their result, of their, yes. Okay, the well then, as a result. then it was it was worth money
1: it. well spent. Yeah.
0: So uh, is this, let's say, an issue that might be uh, sensitive to different age groups for any reason? Um, have you seen any trends in that in that respect?
1: Yes, what we've seen most often at our office are are the two different age groups. The young the young couples who are newly married or are married they've been deferring having children but they adopt pets and their children mm-hmm. are their fur babies. And then the second group that we see is the other end of the spectrum, the older couples who are now all their kids are grown, they're the empty nesters and they're missing their kids, and so they, they adopt their mm-hmm. fur babies. Mm-hmm. So those are the the, the the two most that we see. Um, the issues where it's come up, it's not really been an issue with the people who are, the parties who are married and have kids, because typically the pets follow the children in, in those cases. Mm-hmm. That would make sense. Mm-hmm.
0: All right, anything else you'd like to add, things that you might want to share with the uh Yes. others to think about.
1: Texas is coming around. We are looking at uh, a lot of pet legislation in our in our in our uh, in our house right now. One of the ones is uh, making making sure people who abuse animals that that's a felony crime. Mm-hmm. Also the chaining laws. You know the people who chain their pets up in their yard for extended periods of time, they could be fined, cited for um, for for that kind of behavior. So, Fortunately, Texas is,
0: is coming around and being cognizant that we love our animals and they should be treated better. Yeah, I don't understand anybody who abuses an animal or doesn't treat them with such love. I mean, that's that's, that's what they do, they're part of your family. Yeah, so. and
1: they love us unconditionally no matter what we do, so. Absolutely, they should be treated the same.
0: All right. Thank you so much for being with me today. And just as a reminder, then, all of this can be solved by having a cohabitation agreement in advance. And so you sort this out before there are any potential problems. And I appreciate you having a chat. Shannon Boudreau of Boudreau Hunter & Associates. I'm Cindy Hyde, and we'll see you next time on Love, Money, and the Law. Thank you so much for having me. You bet. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Love, Money, and the Law. Be sure to subscribe to receive a note about the next topic. When you subscribe, it helps support this effort to bring you independent insights into topics that matter in your family and beyond.